You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Charlotte Abate, Emily Ballou, and Samantha Omari Sendejas, and this is Young, Scrappy, and Hungry. Welcome back. How's everyone doing? Hello, hello. Happy (laughs) December. Happy Happy December. End of semester. (laughs) Happy last episode. Oh. Cue the sad violence. (laughs) Literally, the like tiny Mr. Crab violin. Exactly. (laughs) The world's tiniest violin. Yes. Yes. Well, today for our final episode of Young, Scrappy, and Hungry, we're going to be talking about none other than sustainability. Mm-hmm. It is so important to, you know, avoid that burnout mm-hmm. and really learn how to not only preserve your mental and physical health, but, you know, maintain it because there's only there's only so far we can go with that, you know, um, and finding outlets for yourself outside of theater because that is so important to again you know avoid that burnout and everything that really comes with it absolutely very important topic love to talk about it let's get into it yeah act one resources who wants to share first i'll go first Um, So mine are just two short articles. Um, The first being the business of showbiz avoiding burnout, which is on the Theater Bay Area website. And basically it just gives a little bit of like an outline of like a couple of steps you can take to avoid burnout in in a general theater setting. or like acting setting. And um, I think they're just really good tips. And it, the, 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 these tips come from a fellow like freelance artist um, who's, you know, doing the damn thing. So um, definitely give that a read. And then my second one is another article. It's uh, from the website Theater Art Life and it is Burnout in the Arts, a Millennial Perspective. Um, I'm a cusper, like a millennial Gen Z cusper. So like, I think of myself as more of a millennial. So I think this is like, you know, relevant still um, to (laughs) to our demographic. Um, But basically it's um, the writer of the article, Melissa Bondar, talks through like her own experience of um, realizing that she was um, basically stretching herself too thin and how she recognized it, and then the steps that she took after. And um, she also (laughs) outlines a a couple of things that she says are, like, crazy things that she thought were um, okay to do or normal, but were actually signs of, like, severe burnout and, like, um, mental health strife. And so, um, maybe give that list a look and see if you resonate with any of those things so you can um, preemptively recognize your own burnout before it becomes a little, you know, intense. <laughs> um, what about you guys? 
I'll go next. Um, so two sources that I have are both podcasts. Mm-hmm. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasts. We love, we absolutely adore podcasts. <laughs> um, but the first one is a humble plug for the network. So uh, BPN has a mini series from the Ensemblist called Hurt and Healing. And it is a four episode podcast that has guest artists come in and talk about their experiences with physical or mental, like with physical injuries, mental health, um, and how they, and how they pick themselves back up or how they continue to navigate that while still doing eight shows a week and much more probably like, um, on the side. So go ahead and take a tune into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is called three productivity hacks for you and your team to prevent burnout. And the podcast is called how to prevent burnout and, Sus- and sustain growth. So the podcast talks about understanding the root causes of burnout. So like such as running yourself down, lower, low morale and company engagement and uh, lack of personal fulfillment. And then it talks about how to prevent burnout with three easy to do uh, with three easy to do techniques that you can implement. So uh, encouraging and respecting vacation time. Mm-hmm. Do that. Um, and then acknowledging and celebrating progress. One percent, like giving, giving, giving what, uh, like at least one percent of progress a day is good. It, mm-hmm. it is good enough. Yeah. And the last one that they talk about is putting the right people in the right places. So go ahead and read a little bit of that article and take a listen to that podcast, uh, to those two podcasts. And I hope that helps. Mm-hmm. Emily, what do you have? All right. So the first resource I'm bringing to the table is actually from the University of Minnesota. I have no connections there whatsoever, but I found this a little earlier this summer. um, And this is basically just a post that they have made on their theater arts and dance website about creative outlets and resources specifically during this pandemic and just different, you know, creative outlets of places where you can watch different performances or just recorded performances, uh, ways to engage without at-home projects, really just inspirations for um, trying this at home, moments of creativity, that sort of thing, different creative resources to look at, um, to, you know, fun different outlets that you may realize you want to get into, um, and then just, you know, professional development and readiness opportunities, um, all about shifting platforms, that sort of thing. And there's just a whole bucket load of great websites, a lot that you may have heard of, um, a lot of performances and recorded ones you may have already seen, but just a nice sort of um, all here in one place sort of web page. Um, but other than that, um, I think that something that's really important when we're talking about sustainability for actors specifically is finding interests outside of acting. We've talked about it a little before in previous episodes, but it's so important to not, you know, just have theater be your life. Like, yes, theater is our life, but also, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, who are you as an authentic person? And, you know, what can you bring to the table? Um, what really makes you unique and stand out against other people? Um, 
and uh, you know, sort of improving your, your craft as an actor and an artist and a performer. So the second resource I have is more just um, an idea. And there are a few links that we'll list um, with this podcast. But the first one is The Limit Fit. Um, and the second one is just a link to um, this really great uh, website from Crystal Brown. And I'm going to list these things because in order for us to, you know, feel good about venturing into different creative outlets, like our bodies have to feel good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in a pandemic, it's so hard <laughs> to not really get out and do things. So making sure that, you know, we're eating right, exercising right, um, and not, you know, always just be in our rooms, even though that's, you know, where you should be during a pandemic. <laughs> um, and so the Limit Fit is specifically aimed at performers. Um, and these are just great, you know, live uh, exercise dance classes on Zoom. Uh, They are founded um, by a Broadway performer herself, and they're just really fun. Um, Beth Nicely, that's her name, and she has designed these one-hour workouts. Uh, Some have themes, some are more dance cardio, some are more toning, and then every Saturday just has a dance party that you can jump in on to and sort of get your groove on with other people. And I think that's a sort of nice way to energize yourself with a bunch of other people that also love to work out to, you know, show tunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just finding, you know, opportunities like that, that to get yourself motivated to keep going, um, that you don't necessarily have to use the limit fit. You can find other places online. You just get a group of friends going on your own Zoom call and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's really helpful. But specifically, I listed Crystal's website. Um, Crystal, I know her from my college at Middlebury. Uh, She is a professor in the dance department. She's a choreographer, educator, writer, activist, um, a mom herself. Uh, Very, very cool uh, person. And she taught me that not to focus necessarily on self-care, but to focus on soul care. And just kind of reminding ourselves about what is sustainable about self-care. Yes, you know, having a nice night with a face mask and uh, going through your skincare routine might feel good for that moment, for that day, uh, maybe for the next day. But is that really sustainable for the whole week or the whole month and really finding ways to sustain your soul as well? Um, So kind of tying that into, into finding different outlets outside of theater and outside of acting. And those are my resources for you. Love that. Awesome. Girl, I need to get in on those classes. What the hell? Oh, yeah. That sounds sounds so much fun. Um, Seriously, though. So thank you for sharing uh, all y'all sources. Check Um, them out. Yeah, again, we will have them in the description. So Mm -hmm. tune in and check them out. To the interview. Today we are joined by Catherine Palacios. Catherine Palacios, also known as Kat, is a senior at the University of Texas at Austin. Her major is in BA in Performers Process with honors and is also getting a certificate in Japanese. She is moving to LA for her last semester at UT to complete her UTLA internship program for RTF. <laughs> Welcome, Kat. Hello. It's nice to be here, be around other artists, even though it's online. (laughs) 
And you know what? That's what we're going to talk about today, though. <laughs> All right. So again, like, thank you so much for joining us. I love you a lot. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> so, all right. So to get started with the first question, what are some methods of self-care that you practice in order to avoid burnout and to help <laughs> with your mental and physical health as a theater maker? That is a very big question. And for that, I have a, a lot of different answers depending on where the burnout is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times I have to, especially since like now that I have the, I have like a lot of time just like in the same space doing multiple different things. Um, I think the most important thing for me recently is just being able to just stop myself and kind of like ask myself questions like, is getting this done right now more important than me taking care of myself or um is it something that like if I do it now I can like do self-care like later but like how many times am I doing that within a regular basis and how many times am I putting off that self-care so kind of just like recognizing like okay does do the things I need to get done right now are really important or can I like actually focus on like having some downtime with my cat or like doing some skincare or just like writing and stuff and for me like I guess like whenever I say, nope, I need to take time for myself, the things that I usually do, um, it ranges anywhere from like playing video games or just like chilling with my cat and like reading a book. Cause usually like my cat will just like lay on my stomach and like, and while I'm reading, like he's just there purring. So it's like, it's a really nice moment for me just to feel like in touch and like um, just have that experience with like another living thing. Just like, even though like we both end up probably falling asleep cause we're both tired. Cause like, you know, cats have long days. I have a long day. So um, just being able to just like have like another thing around you to just kind of like chill out. Um, I think that has honestly been like one of the biggest things for me is just having so much more time mm. with my pets and also just time with like my my boyfriend who also like I live with. So it's been pretty nice. Um, and then skincare has also been a huge mm -hmm. thing I've been getting into recently. Um, I've always been like a huge like skincare buff, but recently I've just been going into like actual like ingredients breakdowns of stuff and then getting new products because of it. And now my skin has like been approving so much more, especially with like no humidity inside my apartment. So I don't have that dewy look. So like now I have like stuff for like drying stuff for drying like for my whenever my skin's dry so like I have like moisturizers and things to like take care of myself I never really realized how skincare could be just so um <laughs> good especially whenever like the next day you wake up and you're like oh wow my face actually is glowing a little bit and it's not mm -hmm. sweat wow <laughs> like so um, so that's been like kind of like my main like outlets to kind of like avoid burnout and just like have time for myself no yeah love that so good that's so good. You do you it. watch Do you watch Hiram on YouTube? <laughs> yes, I have been. Okay, so I've been watching him for about like two years now. And like, I kind of saw him like whenever he was like with that blue backdrop. And like now he's like freaking like famous, like TikTok famous too. So like, yes. um, just like being able to like, see like that youtuber grow and I'm like you know what like he grew so much in these two years and also during <laughs> 2020 so it's like it's okay like everyone goes at their own pace and like it's just yeah his skincare stuff though pretty helpful definitely recommend Hiram to mm -hmm. everyone you need to give more recommendations on like products you're using though <laughs> All oh, right. I have pretty much anything that Hiram recommends. Definitely the uh, Great Skin Barrier Relief one. That has been my lifesaver because I have rosacea and I also have dry skin and that has like rope hip seed oil um, and like a whole bunch of other stuff that's like good for like acne. So that one is like the best one. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. <laughs> All right. So for the next question, it's studying theater can be very taxing to your body, your soul and your mind. 
whether you're on screen, on stage, behind the scenes, and in the classroom. So what has been your journey with experiencing all of that and finding ways to navigate through it? Hmm. I think just having a lot of like check-ins with my professors has been the most important thing because I think just like being like, hey, like this week I'm not doing so great. Or it's just like saying like, hey, like I know exactly where I am at right now and like what roadblocks I'm having, especially since like, so my major is performance process, but it's like acting. So it's just a weird way of saying acting. Um, but <laughs> but a lot of the times, like I know that like I could have done the performance better. And then I start having like these roadblocks of like, why is my acting not like there? Like, why am I not connecting? And just having those conversations with my professor and it's like, well, are you not connecting because the circumstances you built for yourself aren't connecting or it's because right. something you're dealing with like, right now outside of acting is like affecting you and it's like whoa I didn't really think about that because it's like you you really don't realize like how much like your outside life especially now that like COVID is happening and it's like the whole world is kind of just changing outside while we're all kind of just like in our own spaces like we don't really see the change physically outside because like we're not outside as much so being able to like not like think about other things and just focus on acting is so much harder to do especially like on a screen um and I guess like one of the biggest things that's been like really helpful is just literally just talking to my professors about it because I think especially like one professor that's really close to my heart is I've pretty much had him since freshman year as an acting professor and also like a mentor he's been like the mentor that like I never had like um, when I started like learning about acting and stuff his name's like professor Lucian Douglas and he is literally a character he is literally like the most he just you see him and you know that he lives every day as an actor like that's his life is acting and for it's yeah and Aww. Sam's laughing because she knows because like but you can tell that like it's not because he's doing like a facade or anything it's just because he loves acting and so like being able to have like a mentor like that and just and him just being like you know what like it's okay like right now like online classes are really rough and he's like it's hard for me like too and like we'll have like conversations like even after class like after the zoom class is over like a lot of the like our classmates would stay after and just like talk to him and like just being able to like express like our frustrations and discomfort with like online zoom has made it like so much easier with our professors just to see like where we're at um and like I'm just very grateful to be able to have that because I know not many people can like have that um, especially like on like an online page where it's just kind of weird to just talk about your feelings to a professor um, but just being able to like just use it under the premise of acting and just like focusing on that and also work has also been very very different I know like film shoots like I've only been on two film shoots um, during my time in the pandemic and both of them were both very different but at the same time what was very similar and consistent was all of the safety regulations that they had like literally like I um didn't think it was possible to actually like continue to make work in a pandemic, especially like in-person work. But after seeing like how people are just being very, very cautious and it's like every 30 seconds, it's like, okay, sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. Like there's literally like a PA who has like Germex with them. Like all of them do, but then there's one that specifically that has like this big ass like jug of it. It's just like Germex, Germex, Germex. And it's like, like, okay, like this is possible. Like as long as like everyone's willing to work together to make sure that we all stay safe. And like, even when you first like check into like the film shoots, like they check your temperature, they like give you a face mask, a second one, even though you already have one. So it's just like, it's, 
I didn't think it was possible, but it still is in a weird way. Of course, everything's different because you can't like, you still have to stay six feet, feet apart when you're like not like doing any acting. And then like when you're acting, it's like the camera kind of has to like be like a really tight shot, even though you and the other actor are like six feet apart, but on camera, it looks like you're like right next to each other. So it's just like, it's spacious, but it's also like a little bit liberating because it's like, <laughs> wow, like I have so much free space, even when I'm acting, which is like before, like you're always like in close contact and for- Sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> I guess my cat's joining the stream or the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi, Riddick. Okay, he's he's done. He's he's done with his little late night call. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> you were just talking about um, like it is possible to be able to make art. Um, seeing even if it's everything feels- on the film shoot. Yeah, like even if it feels different, like it's still like you still get to do it, even though like it's just weird how you get there. Like the I guess it's like the difference between like driving on like a straight road versus one that's like a little bit more windier, like you're still getting to the destination. It's just like a little bit more different. And of course, like you may not be used to that kind of like windy road, but like you still get to do it. And for me, that's like the part that's like, okay, like it'll be okay. And of course, like both film shoots were like distance I think the first one was in August and the other one was actually we just wrapped yesterday so yeah cool oh that's so exciting to hear um speaking of trying to maintain like quote-unquote normalcy in some sorts living in a pandemic um especially as a student what are some ways that you have been taking care of yourself during quarantine online learning and online performances oh my goodness how have I been taking care of myself I think the biggest one was drinking lots of tea (laughs) like um because I'm moving to LA in two weeks I'm trying to get rid of all like the stuff and I am I am a huge hoarder of teas I had at the beginning of this year I think like 16 different types of teas whether it be loose leaf or like pack yeah I love tea and I love savoring it um and I guess like what I've been able to like take care of myself with like especially during class like I'll just like drink one of those teas and like for me like tea is kind of like a way for me to like re-experience something that like I had like with my friends so like usually like whenever Sam like used to come over uh like a lot more often like we used to like make tea and stuff so like whenever I would have like this type of like Earl Grey tea like it would remind me of like one of my (laughs) friends or if I had Thai tea it would remind me of like Sam or just like you know so it's just like or especially warm Thai tea with Sam that is I love that so it, I recommend it to everyone make Thai tea warm especially during the holidays it is so nice so relaxing um so that's been like the biggest thing I didn't realize like how much just having like a little bit of like a routine like that with all of my classes kind of made me like have an in to like staying focused in classes um and that's been something also uh playing around with like cup shapes if that makes sense I recently um hold on one second I got I gotta get this so um I love weird cups and mugs and stuff and most recently I saw this online it's like a little plastic milk container thing and this has been so fun to drink during classes it's always like a nice thing it's like a nice pretty thing to drink out of and like for me that's what has been like exciting me it's crazy how like 
just like little things like this yeah like it's like little things like this are like really fun to just like have just so you kind of like remind yourself like oh wait there is like some good in this world like this little milk container it doesn't do anything wrong it's right all the little joys in the everyday life all the little joys and then I have these cute little uh flower shaped ice cubes so like it goes in there and just looks really cute it's just like a little thing to like take care of myself with yeah it's just like things like that have been ways to take care of me and it's through tea and mugs um I guess another thing that's been really helpful that I never did before pandemic because I have a hard time retaining information in classes specifically on online zoom like it's just impossible and it's really really hard for me to just do that so what I've been doing recently uh, specifically for acting um, I bought a specific journal never have done this before which is like I feel like everyone does this but I just never did it where I usually just have like one journal and that was for all of my subjects so like one day, one page would be like history. And then the next day would be like science. And for once, because I felt like I needed to have one that was just acting, I had this just for my acting notes for all three of my acting classes that I took this semester. And it was also um, a way for me to like, after that class, I would write my thoughts and how I felt after the class. And for me, that was easier for me to retain stuff better because I was letting myself think about the thoughts and actually slow down. Um, because I feel like the online classes, at least for me, um, just go by so fast. And I just feel like I'm just sitting there and then I'm like, whoa, it's already over. Or sometimes it's just like, it's so long and I just want it to be over. And I'm just not really paying attention. I think just having that journal of like allowing myself to be like, well, how did I feel after that class? Like, did I actually feel like I learned something? And it's like, no. And it's like, well, why? And it's like, well, maybe because I, the Wi-Fi cut out, so I didn't get to hear this part of the subject translate to this part. So it's like, that's been really helpful for me. I've never really, I'm definitely the type where like, I go from one class and I go to the next one, especially like before the pandemic, like it was just like, go, 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 go. And the beauty of having it a little bit more spaced out is that I get to like really slow down and like write down my thoughts. Um, and that's been a life-changing thing for me, especially for my acting. Like I, I think I've become a little bit more aware of how I should be focusing on my like thoughts and like collecting them specifically for character building. My cat is opening <laughs> up cabinets now. Um, <laughs> um, so, but yeah. And I think the other thing um, is also just keeping in touch with classmates. So Sam and I are in the same thesis cohort. So anytime they would send us emails throughout the semester, <laughs> just having that camaraderie just to text and be like, you do you understand what they said? And then like <laughs> one of us being like, maybe and then like just being able to talk about like just having that like I think that also saved me in some ways because now like with my classes outside of theater like I don't know any of my classmates like I'm taking this <laughs> Japanese class right now and I don't know anyone it's my fifth semester of Japanese and I know some of these people but like we don't really talk and like we don't really have that connection and even when we go to the breakout rooms it's us being like so do you know what's going on and then they're like no and I'm like, cool, that's great. <laughs> so just like being able to be like, all right, like just being able to recognize that we're both just like, kind of just trying to like pass through. And like, that's made me feel like a little bit more like grounded and being like, okay, I'm not the only one that's mm -hmm. feeling this. Like there's literally everyone is feeling this right now. And it's hard to feel like no one, like everyone else is feeling it, especially since you don't see everyone every day anymore. So that's been pretty helpful for me. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. I miss your teas mm -hmm. and y'all the amount of times that we FaceTime just to scream is beautiful. It's, it's honestly, <laughs> I don't get why we don't do it in more like that. 
That's because awesome. you're busy. That's yeah, we why. Are very busy. We don't have time to like, because like I write down my thoughts, and then we have our screaming matches on Facetime. So it's like we 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 gotta we gotta minimize it. We gotta just keep moving, keep keep pushing on. <laughs> well, now that school's over, we're probably gonna do it every day. If anything, <gasps> that's that's ideal. That would be ideal because we be gotta ideal. work on our research now for thesis. <laughs> don't remind me. Anywho, so. The next question that I have, because you kind of talked about it already, is like while while balancing theater, school, work, extracurriculars, and so much more, especially before the pandemic, um, what are some outlets or hobbies that you have picked up along the way? And have any of them helped with your craft or do they all just allow you to expand outside of your craft? So the things before pandemic that I would do, um, I would do like a lot of drawing. Um, I have a drawing, painting, pretty much like watercolors or Copic markers. Those are like kind of like my go-tos. Um, and I guess like now I still do it, but not as much just because like um, it's very nostalgic. I've also noticed that like sometimes some, some things that make you nostalgic can also just make you like a little bit like mel- melancholic uh, at times. So I try not to do that as much because it's like, okay, like I don't think like right now, like this is what I should be focusing on. So what I've been doing recently that I've actually been very proud of is uh, playing the ukulele. I used to play the piano pretty much from like third grade all the way to high school. And I stopped in high school because um, there was a point where my theater director is like, it's either piano or acting. Like, what are you gonna pick? And he's like, <laughs> he did not talk like that at all. But it was like, he was just like, basically just like, you can't be leaving for a piano practice when we have rehearsals for one act and I was just like but I love both so then I ended up just going for acting and that's where I'm at now but I did miss it a lot and it's kind of hard to buy a piano because they're kind of expensive so then um I pretty much picked up ukulele uh playing Um, one of the grad students that was here um at UT they left uh in the in May um they allowed me to borrow their ukulele um and then I think like a few days later one of my friends was like hey like I have this ukulele um that I'm gonna give away do you want it for free and I was like yes so it kind of just worked out like the universe was just like yeah you should just play out your feelings so I uh pretty much play the ukulele now and I and I started to play it more often now uh, and I have more motivation too because I actually met my biological grandfather for the very first time during the pandemic which is I've never met him before in my entire life like he saw me when I was a baby but like um but then I got to meet him um, and he told me, he's like, well, what instruments do you play? Cause he's played like the guitar, the violin. Like he's just, he knows so many instruments. And I was like, well, I used to play the piano but now I'm playing the ukulele. He's like, don't stop playing the ukulele. He's like, maybe after all the pandemic is over and we like meet again, like we can like play uh, guitar and ukulele together. So that's been kind of like something that's just like, okay like I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going with this. Like even if I'm playing badly and I still don't know complete strum orders and whatnot like it's still something I'm looking forward to doing with my grandfather, which I never got to experience before when I was younger. Um, and another thing that I've loved ridiculously and that's I've been also very happy about is video game streaming. Um, I started streaming on Twitch and it's actually gotten like pretty good amount of traction. Um, I'm technically an affiliate now, which means I get paid for ad revenue as well as like followers. Like they can basically pay me to just like uh, stream now, which is pretty neat. And, but unfortunately I don't, yeah, I don't really get the money until like, I think I have to like get like a specific amount of money on Twitch before they actually send it to me in a check. But it's still like really fun just to like talk to people all around the world. And they come to like, watch me just like play a game for like maybe like 10 minutes and like they go away, but it's still like just having that interaction 
with other people that I don't get to have on a daily basis because like I'm at home. That's been really, really fun for me. And I play anything from like um, Switch games, like PC, um, the games I've been playing. Um, obviously, I don't think um, this is a surprise, especially to Sam. I play a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons pretty much as soon as the game came out. I play that. I think I'm on like 900 hours or something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a lot. And then um, the newest, most latest game that I've been playing and on stream too, um, that has gotten me like pretty good amount of like people watching just because of it um, is Genshin Impact. It came out like in October and it's pretty, it's pretty like unknown, but it's a free to play game on like on the, I think PlayStation, uh, PC and phones. And that has been like pretty fun for people to just like watch me play. So that has been very rewarding for me because I could just get to talk to people. And sometimes my friends, like, especially from back home, like in the Valley, like I had like a lot of friends who play video games. So like, they'll actually get to watch me stream and I will be able to talk to them even though I haven't seen them in like three years. So it's been, it's been pretty great. Oh, that's an awesome way to connect. Oh, and yeah. get an audience. When you're not acting, you can still gain an audience. Yeah, and I still get to just, like, talk to people and just, like, really, like, have that connection with mm-hmm. audiences. Because, like, for me, that's, like, my favorite part of just, like, getting to, like, meet other people. And that's what I love about theaters. Like, whether it be in, yeah. like, the beginning development processes of it or, like, after the show and, like, you see someone, like, on the street and they're like, hey, like, you were in that thing. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe? And then they're like, yeah, I recognize you, but, like, I don't recognize them. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, thank you so much for watching, like, my company show or, like, just, like, see, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, we love this other character and this other character is, like, your best friend. It's like, oh, my God, like, I have to tell my best friend now, you know? So just, like, being able to just have that interaction and just, like, meet other people like that's just uh, I miss that part so much I just miss just like seeing people it's just yeah (laughs) one day one day one day (laughs) soon the vaccine's out so like that's that is some that is some progress that cannot be going unnoticed so y'all better get in but um yeah so hopefully soon um the next question I have is you have So knowing you, and especially with your thesis, I know it's changed a lot since then, but you have done some research about the power power of physical and mental well-being in theater and using dance as an outlet. So can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, the research is a little bit rusty for me because I have not touched that thesis since May, and then I changed my thesis last week. So... (laughs) And I wrote that proposal on Wednesday, 10 pages of it in one day. So that, so (laughs) yeah. Um, So it's been, so what I really learned about that part of the thesis when I was researching and what, and whatnot is how much our body just carries trauma in like the weirdest of places, whether it be something like for me, like um, this is like completely like just like childhood things but like when I was younger my parents used to pinch us like whenever like we were like being too loud or something and so sometimes like whenever people are like oh pinch me I'm dreaming I'm like no like no do not pinch me I I will never say that saying because it's just like why that pinching is horrible um but I get why they say it but it's just like for me it's just like no and also I don't know if Sam yeah, I don't think Sam told anyone this, but like I also had concussions uh, during my time at UT. I had two really, really big concussions. Um, and I also hit my head again yesterday um, on a, a boom pole, like the mic. Yeah, it hit my head when we we're doing combat. So it's fine. I'm fine. But <laughs> but I had, um, I guess my story with like why I did this thesis was because after those two concussions, I just didn't really know 
what my body was doing half the time. Like I just felt this very strong separation between like what I wanted to do versus like what my body was actually doing. And like now um, after like a few years of like, just like kind of, or like not, not a few years, like maybe like, I think it's been like a year, two years. No, it's been two years um, since like all of that healing process has been, my body has just been kind of like going through and just kind of like realigning itself and like learning to just be like instinctual with my movements. And that's something that I haven't had in a while. And the way I did it was with dance. I took um, movement classes. I took uh, ballet and ballet too. And a lot of my work, especially like with uh, UT's uh, productions, they have a lot of movement in it. And so whenever I was in a show, that kind of like helped me just like, it was like a little bit of a training practice for me to just like, okay, what do we need to do in the scene physically? How do I remind my body to do that? And then just com- consistently practicing that, like even in like my bedroom or like in my living room, just like practicing those movements over and over again and just like seeing um, from moving my shoulder and then moving my arm, but like not really moving the whole arm, just moving like my bicep, tricep, and then slowly moving the rest of the hand. And like, it was constantly just doing shoulder than this, shoulder than this. And then slowly developing to the rest of the arm. And it was constant hard work, but it was just like, I finally did get it some days. And then some days like my body would just forget it and just be like, I don't know how to move anything right now. And there was times where like, I would just sit down and I wouldn't really know how to just like get up just cause like I wanted to get up, but it was just like, my body's like, I don't know how, like, I don't know, like, do I start with the heels? Do I start with the toes? Do I start with like, it was just constant overthinking of like what my body should Mm -hmm. be doing. Um, And then my friend who also went through something similar in regards to like body trauma, um, she just like, couldn't like move her body the way that she used to, and she's a dancer. So that's kind of like how my thesis came together where it was just like, we were both experiencing like this inability to have a connection with our bodies and recognizing what is doing that and how that information would be helpful in rehearsal processes whenever you are doing, I guess, like a movement that like your body isn't necessarily comfortable with, but just also dissecting why it is. Um, And I think one of the benefits to doing um, dance therapy or just movement therapy in general is that you really get to just do that yourself and really check in with your body and see like, okay, like my body can't do this, not because like it, won't it just it just it just doesn't know how to and like and it's just kind of like your body kind of forgets and I think what I learned from that thesis is that you have to do like constant exercises for your body just to like feel I guess like grounded in itself and so what I've been doing recently is just like a lot of stretching I take a lot of my stretches uh from yoga and ballet ballet who if there's anything that can tell you uh, what is wrong with your muscles, like what you need to be doing to do it correctly, it is ballet. Ballet, um, after doing it for two semesters, I started to like actually understand like, oh, okay, um, I should not be using my um, front part of my thighs for this part of my movement. It should be the back part of my thighs, like where my glutes are at. Um, so I think just having like those types of classes for yourself and just going and like looking at like on t- online YouTube channels for ballet or like online, like, like, tutorials and stuff I do know that like since um the since like the the pandemic started like a lot of dancers have been just like giving out like classes for like $15 like $10 like pay what you can honestly for me that's also been really really helpful and there's also been like some programs online where it's just like hey do this thing for free or like YouTube is a great asset just to like see like what your muscles can do and like how to like actually articulate that um And I think like one of the biggest things that was helpful for me was whenever my professor would say like, 
you understand it in theory, but your body doesn't understand theories. It, it understands like movement. And that's just something that like takes time. And um, for me, that's been what like the two things, practice and time. Like time is literally like we have, I know time is just feels really, really re- weird right now. But like, honestly, this is now the time to just like really just like articulate your, like your body and just really know what's going on within it. So, yeah. I love whenever you talk about this. It's, uh, I, 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 I just, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, um, and like, I, and my thesis has changed mostly just because it's kind of hard to like discuss that type of uh, conversation of like body movement on a Zoom setting, just because like what you use for your body there, you're literally just using like your torso up. And, but at the same time, like your whole body still needs to feel active. And for me, like, I just don't feel like I am the right person to be talking about that because I feel like that that is like a completely different conversation that I'm just like, well, like I don't really know because I've only had, I think like two online shows where like one was like an actual live stream on Twitch where it was like, we were actually outside. So like I was physically doing something and it was just being recorded. And the other one was just like a script reading. So it's like, for me, like I, I feel like a little bit of amateur to be talking about that conversation, even though Zoom performances are relatively new, but live streaming performances aren't, so. Oh yeah. And good that you've been experiencing that though. Um, So another question I have is like with, okay, we're all bound to experience burnout at some point. So how have you picked yourself back up or have tried to avoid burnout? Hmm. So this is a little bit weird, but I, I got this inspiration. I think one of my friends had sent me this like um, Instagram post and they're like, Hey, this guy is making a boat and this story will make sense soon. I swear. Um, (laughs) he's making this boat and he is allowing anyone to email him, text him, or send him a letter of something that has been bugging them or something that they feel like is keeping them down and they just can't like get out of it. And he will get that message and put it on the boat and he was gonna sail the boat and set it on fire. Mm. And basically it was like this huge physical metaphor of just like, let those things go, let them burn down. Because it's not like there's, it's it's going to a point where it's just like, you gotta really just let it go and just really just focus on you. Of course, in theory, it makes sense. In real life, it's really, really hard. And I think for me, what I've been having to remind myself is like to avoid burnout and just really just like, let my insecurities just like feel what they're feeling, but then just let them go. Um, And like, for me, like the letting go part is definitely the part that like, I'm still learning how to do. Like, I really like, there's some parts where it's just like, oh, like I'm feeling this doubt or I'm feeling this remorse, but it's just like, I try to let it go, but then it just comes back. Um, But it's just recognizing like, okay, like if this is something that's going to be bugging you for a while, um, why is that? And like, is there something that is like, making it difficult for you and is it is it your environment is it like a relationship with like a friend or like a family member that you haven't really remedied like is it is it something aside from that that is like something that you have to do yourself to change um and for me that has just been like a lot of writing um there's some things that I'll write where I'll just like I let myself free write and whatever I feel that day um I'll get that piece of paper and whatever I do with that piece of paper is dependent on me whether it be like tossing into the trash or 
recycling it or literally burning it um with a candle of course and I do it outside in my patio just so it's just like okay like these feelings they are real they are happening but right now it's just letting it go and just being able I know this feels like such an earth sign thing to say but it's just like letting it go it's okay but it's like it's I feel like just being able to just let it go and even if it comes back let it go again just let, let it keep, let it keep going like if it like it's going to keep coming back but I think at a certain point you'll start to learn that like the emotions that you're feeling like they're so real but at the same time like you are able to control what you do in the situation like your actions will speak so much more than what you're feeling at this moment and what you do to get out of it is the most important part, but I think that's really dependent on the person. Um, so for me, like I can't entirely speak to like what other people should do, but what I've been doing is just literally just like, um, I remember my acting professor kind of said this, like with actions, like um, whenever you um, are trying to do something to the other character, this is like Shakespeare. She's like, what are you doing? Like literally, like, are you breathing fire at them? Are you throwing something at them? Um, and I've been kind of looking at that with like how I feel about like my insecurities and doubts. Like, what am I doing to actually push them away? And for me, it's just kind of like talking to friends or talking to someone else about it, or just like literally talking to my cat about it. And he'll just look at me and just be like, okay. And like, but like, just literally just like being able to say it out loud and just actually say it and just be like, this is, this is what's bugging me and really like pinpointing it down and just like seeing like, is there something you can do in this? No, then just like, wait till it passes away. But if there's something you can do, then why aren't you doing it? Um, and if it's something that it's like, well, today I just can't, that's okay. That's totally fine. That's, and it's okay to just like, not be okay. Like that is so important to just be able to just let yourself not be okay. And just eventually just know that it will be gone and you can let it go. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so hard to do, but yeah. And it's, it's so hard. Like this it's is so needed. And on top of that, like all of this, like what I'm saying, it's so simple in theory, but there's some days where I'm just like, oh my God, like, but I'm so frustrated right now. And it's just like, this is really just like, like I'm struggling here, but it's also just like, I need to feel this. I need to feel like just let myself like be frustrated because in the end, like if I don't let myself do it now, it's just going to bottle up and then I'm going to not be able to process it later. Healthy processing. That is important. Giving mm -hmm. yourself the time to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we need to learn that too. Alrighty. So for the last two questions, they're both going to be advice like type. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is what piece of advice would you give uh, what what piece of advice would you give to your first year of college self about sustainability and what we're talking about mm. <laughs> oh i know my God. i, what I would know I tell her mm, i think don't overcommit mm, yeah like seriously i need to hear that commit yeah yeah I think I needed to hear like, and the thing was, I did hear that. Um, our professor, he left um, during the pandemic. His name was Andrew Carlson. Love the oh man. And there was so many times throughout, throughout my freshman year, he'd be like, you're over committing. But there's only so much that your professors and your friends could tell you that you're over committing. It's different when you tell yourself that. And I think if I told myself that more often and let myself be okay with taking more days off and taking more breaks in between shows, whether like I'm helping with like my friend and just like helping them like do this thing or just like me like in a show, like I, I think just letting myself just like 
be something outside of being an artist. I think that would have let me be a little bit more free to just like have less stakes whenever it came to like acting and stuff. Because I think everyone, especially whenever we're passionate about our projects, like we just want to like keep going and just like, just like work as much as we can to make this like piece like beautiful and stuff. But sometimes like what's more important is like both you and that project feeling growth and feeling beautiful coming out of the process. Um, and I, there was so many shows or not so many shows. There was this one show where after the show was over, like my love for theater was extinguished. Like there was, it was just gone. Like I was like, I don't enjoy the process anymore. And it took me a really long time to get out of it. But I think it wasn't necessarily anyone's like entire fault. There was some like that made it frustrating and made it difficult. But I think what was more important for me was just being able if I had given myself the ability to just take a step back, um, I think that could have also been important, but it was also a lesson that I needed to learn for future projects. Um, so it's like, I think every show has a different thing, but just reminding yourself to just not overcompensate, just do what you can do. And that's all you can, that's all, that's all you should be proud of. And you shouldn't be thinking about the things that you wish you did, um, which is so hard in theory, but, <laughs> or so easy in theory to think about, but hard to practice. So yeah. But now I'm definitely in a place where it's like, if someone is like, hey, I kind of need help with this. I'm like, I actually let myself think about it. I'm like, do I really? And then my head is like saying, maybe not right now. And like, I've never had those thoughts before. Where like before I'd just be like, yes, of course, I'd love to help. But now it's just like, maybe not right now because right now I'm busy with classes or like I have like this engagement I gotta do or, or I, gotta, I gotta go to therapy that day. So like, I can't. So um, maybe not that day, but I can do something else. Um, just building boundaries for yourself so you don't overcompensate. Mm -hmm. or Good. Oh yeah, we all needed to hear that. <laughs> and then for the final question, we kind of asked this to all of our guests um, and you're literally a senior with us, but what is one piece of advice you would give to a young artist who's just trying to make it in this industry? Hmm. I think one of the biggest things, I think not to, not to say that this is like a thing within like my theater major, but like whenever I was like uh, focusing in RTF, like there was this constant thing of, um, what's the word called? <sighs> Sorry, there's times where like I blank out on the word. Um, what it's, it's like networking, networking. For me, that is something that future art, like young artists always worry about. And it's like networking, networking, networking. It's like, oh my God, I gotta go to this like, party or this get together so I can network with like the next artist or whatever. And it's like, I think in college specifically one of our professors said this, they're like, it's not about networking. It's about making sure that you develop the relationships that you have now and show up to every single production that you're a part of. Like consistently show up and just do what you can do and just focusing on that. Don't worry about networking and trying to like climb up to this thing. Cause like a lot of people make that mistake that they're like, oh, okay. Like I, if I just keep talking to different people that'll like um, validate me and make me feel like, okay, like I, I'm good enough to be like talked about with these groups of people. And it's like, no, like just focus on the art that you want to make. Like that is that, that will speak so much more volumes and you will get the right people that you should be working with through that rather than trying to search for the right people because searching for the right people is a lot more harder than them coming to you because of the work that you're making. So I think just literally letting yourself grow as an artist and just seeing what comes your way rather than just trying to like actively search for it. Because I think the right groups of people will come when you need them 
and you'll interact in the most random ways and you guys will be lifelong artists in the future. Um, I, I guess like an experience that reminds me of that is like my first year um, at UT, I met like this director and he and they were the one that like gave me the ukulele to practice and so like now we're friends and like I first met them my first year at university and I met them once in an audition room and then a few days later they're like hey like do you want to be part of this thing and like we never met before um and then I was like yeah sure and then like I was in their like little like project for this Frontera festival that was happening in Austin and then like over time we just continued to work on projects together and um both like him and I got along really well and now like I'm gonna like hopefully like see him or like FaceTime him whenever like I move to LA because he's in LA right now too so like that's just been a very rewarding process that like it it didn't even happen like like where I was searching for someone it was just kind of like we both got along really well together and we continued to make work together and I am so proud of them like every single time that they produce something like they are just phenomenal and they are they've definitely been like one of like the foundations of what I want to make or like they've really inspired me to make the art that I want to create um so yeah just focus on you and people and like the right people and the right artists will come to you and you guys can make the best work together and I think that's the most that's the best part mm -hmm. and the right people will stay and the right people will stay yeah well that is all of the questions that I have for you today thank Woo! you so much for joining us and being part thank of this you. podcast and this episode. This thank you. Thank you for letting me ramble. <laughs> That's a good thing though. But thank you. Thank you for giving us your stories. Thank you for giving us just your thoughts and like allowing for this conversation to keep happening because theater, while it could be very therapeutic, like it takes a toll on you though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, like, thank you so much. I'm going to like FaceTime you later, probably. Yeah, probably. And, <laughs> and um, have a good day. Stay safe. And um, don't leave well, me so to nice LA. <laughs> I love you. Bye. 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 All right, act three, we'll move on to our Q and A. Um, so we have two questions today, but um, you know, as always, they're kind of general and overarching, so we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one is, what are some ways I can make sure that I'm taking care of myself, not only during this time of high stress, but in general, when things are quote unquote normal? Mm. So, oh girl I would say first and foremost figure out a way or ways multiple to check in on yourself um mm -hmm. obviously um this comes with a lot of like introspection that is like uncomfortable and like scary um but yeah just journal meditate Figure out some way that you can check in on your state and make sure that you are taking stock of what like you're feeling and then move forward from there with like steps to take to improve your whatever, whatever your predicament is. Yeah. Emily, you mentioned it in one of your sources. I believe it's with Crystal. Um, 
with try to find a way to really give yourself self-care that will actually last more than just a moment. Right. Um, I learned soul care, baby. Yeah, soul care. I recently learned um, and take this with you too. There's a difference between self-care and self-soothe. Mm. And mm. it's typical, it's it's very typical for a lot of college students specific, and I'm more targeting to college students. It could be anyone, yeah. but targeting it more to college and university students. We know how to self-soothe perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's just only that one moment just to like breathe in, breathe out, and then like keep get going. going. Like keep going and basically almost burn yourself out. Yeah. Um, so really identify what you do for self-soothing and what you should be doing in the form of self-care. So find that difference that you do and try to see, okay, when can I, when is it appropriate to self-soothe and when is it appropriate to self-care and try to find a balance on giving yourself more self-care mm-hmm. and just relying on soothing yourself while you're going. Right. Yeah. Cause self-soothing shouldn't be a replacement or a substitute for self-care because again, it's not necessarily sustainable. It's not going to really give you what you need for the long term. Um, so yeah. For myself, when I'm feeling really frazzled and kind of all over the place, I do a total just sit down and figure out like what I need to do in that moment in the form of to-do lists. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very uh, neurotypically type A, so I like having everything written out, if not in a planner, then on a sticky note piece of paper, like this is my to-dos for the week, this mm-hmm. is my to-dos for today, and really seeing and prioritizing and ranking what is most important right then and yes it might be stressful to see a whole list of to-dos of things i need to do (laughs) but i just feel so much more at peace when i have it all laid out in front of me and you know to do that investing in a cute pen set or like great Mm -hmm. colors i love color coordination so being able to just do that for myself and take time to do that for myself either first thing in the morning or more often before i go to bed at night Um, And sort of that's how I take care of myself and making sure that I, one, don't forget anything, but then two, just know what I have to do in that moment. Um, What is, what is a little more necessary to stress on now and what I don't have to stress about until, you know, a couple days later. Um, And that's just sort of, sort of one way I do it. Yep. And a a great thing to go along with that, a great thing with that, because I do that too, um, (laughs) is that you may feel like all over the place um, and it might be. But making that to-do list also, you'll go through it and you'll start real like in certain situations, you'll start realizing, oh wait, it's not as it's not as overwhelming as I thought. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. you as a matter of fact, you get all your things done in a day. You never know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And when I get real bad, I even mark out like blocks of day and I plan out my whole day. A little mm-hmm. maybe maybe a little <laughs> too much to the T, but you know, I I plan out breaks. I plan out this is when I must do this. Uh this is when I must eat a meal. Mm-hmm. Make sure you mm-hmm. nourish yourself. Yeah. Um make sure I also have to write like reminders to hydrate sometimes. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, especially in a Zoom world. 
Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes forget when I'm staring at a screen all day to like drink my water in my water bottle right next to me. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm in in-person classes in college, I'm sitting there drinking water throughout class in a non-pandemic semester. But since we're on Zoom, I, I forget to do that. So. Yeah. Um, just going back to the self-soothing versus self-care thing really quickly, I was going to say, I was just going to give my examples of like what I do. So just to give some context, I have um, a pretty, not intense, but like free, uh, all, all-encompassing anxiety um, disorder. And I went through a summer when was it? Mm, Two years ago, where it was like, there was never not an anxious thought in my head. And so 90% of the time when I like, obviously couldn't be in therapy, because I only went once a week. um, I practiced a ton of self soothing. And like, I don't know, this is just me like spouting off things that maybe could help someone else. But for me, um, this is kind of how that summer, I, that's when I sort of got into podcasts, actually, LOL. Um, I took to listening to audiobooks and podcasts and, um, just calling my friends just to like get any sort of distraction, um, for that moment so that I wouldn't go into like a panic spiral and that really ended up helping me in those short-term moments just to get myself out of my own head and obviously like who knows that could just be my own um obviously everything is different for everyone um but yeah if that if you're if if that is something that is really hard for you to figure out any sort of self-soothing for like moments like that when you need just something fast and like um, immediate relief, um, maybe look into like getting some audiobooks. I literally mm-hmm. listened to um, the Harry Potter audiobooks. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, I don't want to get into this, but I'm always reading Harry Potter books like over and over and over again. I think I've read them at least like 30 times at this point And currently oh. I'm listening to the Prisoner of Azkaban audiobook again. Um, um, but yeah, it really helped me um, just get myself out of my own head and into like someone else's like mm-hmm. thoughts, I guess. Um but then in terms of self-care, I got in very into meditation, as I kind of mentioned before. Um, I got very into meditation. I went to therapy once a week. Um, I did a lot of self-reflection in terms of just talking to like my parents about what was going on in my own head to like not only explain it to them, but kind of to just like suss it out for myself. Um, and yeah. So definitely try to figure out what works for you. Um, I think that everyone benefits from therapy. So mm-hmm. try that out. Um, and if you, I, I think it's a, I think that people um, kind of give up on therapy really quickly um, sometimes because they don't necessarily find the right fit. And that's like totally okay to not have the right like chemistry and dynamic with a therapist, but don't let that stop you from like getting someone to listen to you and help you in in a professional setting yeah 
therapy can be pretty pricey, but just if you do have insurance, talk to your insurance. And if not, there are resources out there. So really your schools too. Your schools have things set up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And try them out with your schools as much as possible. Yeah. And another thing when it comes to therapy that I learned is that, yeah, I was one of those people that gave it up quickly. Like when I first started, Mm -hmm. because I'm not the type of person that likes to open up a lot. Um, so something that happens fair. So something Mm -hmm. that happens in therapy though, is that you have to, and I was like, Oh no, I just (laughs) wanted you to like, tell me what to do. Yeah. Like help me with this situation. But it's like, no, it's rooted in this other situation. It's like, I don't want to talk about that. Um, and it just, you know, it's, it's a lot, but, um, I wish I'm saying this because I wish someone told me that. Mm. So I, didn't give up on it so quickly. Yeah. So if any of y'all are going through that, it's, it's so bad. Like it's so (laughs) bad. Um, it feels so bad, but it's not, it's not. And just, yeah, I would say just like go in with an open mind and also therapy, therapy is therapists are there and, and counselors are, um, there, to listen to you. Like, I think a lot of people have this misconception about therapy where it's like, they're going to basically tell you what to do and how to like live and operate in certain ways when 90% of what they're doing is just being a person, like a, a basically unbiased person for you to talk to um, and like voice your experiences and uh, feelings to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously they'll give you ke- techniques for things, um, and like, they'll ask you questions about certain things and, um, that type of thing. Um, again, they're really there to listen to you and not pass judgment. And, um, so just go in with an open mind. Don't think that like, they're going to like, I don't know, laugh at you or like judge you in any way once you're out of the room, like it's their job. They're trained to do that type of thing. I have had some bad therapy experiences in my life. I definitely um, had a therapist fall asleep on me in a session and I'm not joking. It was bad news. (laughs) Um, So I'm not saying every, every therapist is perfect. However, just go in with an open mind or at least try to go in with an open mind. Um, and yeah, like Samantha was saying, it, it's it's tough. It's really hard to get into that headspace where you can open up to someone, especially someone you be- you literally don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I don't know. Just give it a try. Yeah, I hope I hope that therapist gets sleep and has gotten sleep. Since Girl, then, wow. <laughs> It was crazy. (laughs) Wow. I literally, like, I had just gotten into, like, a very bad car accident, and I was, like, telling her how I was feeling, and she just nodded off. I was like, okay, queen. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was just Um, like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No. Yeah. Um, Okay, next question. This question says, my love for theater consumes all of my time and headspace. I feel like I might be missing out on other things and exploring different parts of myself. So what are some things that you do outside of theater as an outlet? 
anyone? I think similarly to the resources I shared, something that I've had to really come to terms with is the fact that when you want to pursue theater as a profession, you have to make some sacrifices mm. and theater becomes your focus. Yeah. I think that when you're sort of more in your developing years, um, you know, in middle school, high school, even college, to make sure you're enjoying in your like childhood and your mm. activities in your young life before you have to fully go into the real world. So if you want to, you know, join a club that has nothing to do with theater, like do it. Like that will make you just more well-rounded. But there comes a point where you have to make choices about what you want to focus your energy towards. And that's a very hard thing to come to face. Um, but, you know, if you if you love theater and you know that this is what you want to do, then that's what you're going to want to put a majority of your focus and energy in. And I say majority because, as we've been saying, you know, finding sustainable ways to live. Mm -hmm. um, don't put, you know, all your eggs in the basket there, but, you know, save a little bit um, uh, for, you know, your your activities and your other creative outlets and other outlets in general. But, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes down to it, your focus will be theater. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I really enjoy when I'm, you know, not in a rehearsal or thinking about theater at all. Um, as I said, like exercising, like dancing around. Um, <laughs> I really love to like bake, like cook, mm. bake, even like pre-pandemic wise, baking was always a love of mine. I used to want to yeah. be a pastry chef um, <gasps> until I, until I, you know, uh, met the world of theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I love, you know, exchanging recipes and, and baking things. Um, I've really gotten into like smoothie making Ooh, and finding yes. out the best like smoothie recipes yes um and even just having those little like breaks in a day I found very helpful to myself um facetiming my dog or sorry, <laughs> my mom but facetiming my dog uh, <laughs> when I'm at school um and just you know those are those are some ways that I have kind of figured out different pathways to focus my energy uh, while still, you know, focusing on theater yeah. um, myself. Yeah. What about yeah. you? I learned, this is kind of like another answer to the first question, but it kind of relates to this one too. Mm -hmm. um, this goes for me, what, like, y'all, y'all do you, like, you know, but um, this is more for people who are just trying to figure out how to use art in a therapeutic way. Yeah. So, well, I, okay. Um, I, I learned, and I kind of learned this the hard way is that the, and take this with a grain of salt. Theater is not therapy. It is therapeutic. Mm. Mm. So I learned that in a very hard way. <laughs> um, literally this year, like pre like pre-pandemic honestly yeah. um so then I I learned that and then the pandemic happened and I'm like oh well <laughs> <laughs> therapeutic where you know um but I remember having a conversation my freshman year of college though with a group of of um those in the BA cohort with me um, and our 
um, and the heads of the of the cohort as well. And we just talked about like how we feel really lost, like it's especially freshman year, you're going to feel lost, mm-hmm. but we feel really lost in the sense of we don't know what else to do besides theater. Right. And in some programs, you do wait a semester or maybe even a year, depending on your program, um, to do any shows or participate in the department. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, the minute we get in, we can do as many as like as many shows as we want um and I got into one wowza um (laughs) I learned that I was not ready for that so I had to take a step back and really focus on my schoolwork while that in itself is so hard um it gave me a lot more time and space to really figure out, okay, what do I want to do in theater, first of all? Um, and then, but also, like, whenever my mom would come up and see me, she'd be like, oh, like, tell me where to go. Like, what should we go see in Austin? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, I live in a city that I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So she took me into her car <laughs> and drove me to places and was like, you now know Austin. Like, she had to be the one to do that for me so surround yourself with people who are adventurous I guess and like Mm -hmm. like get out of their comfort zones because it'll help you it'll help you do that at least if it's like one place in the city or on campus that you've never been to at least something like that you can grow to love it I stopped I stopped studying in my theater building and I started studying at a coffee shop. Like for once mm. I got out of that building. I got out of that nutshell. Leave yeah. the arts building. Yeah. Leave the building. arts building. <laughs> I mean, I live in mine, but. <laughs> Girl, the, the uh, UT's arts buildings are sad. They're just sad. They're, like specifically the theater one. I'm like, oh, yeah. baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even though I was in there a lot, why? I don't know. Um, I eventually found another place to study and another place to even just like watch YouTube videos. Yes. And that really helps a lot because being in a building where you know everyone and it's just, that's where you work, just where you're at all the time for work, for class, for socializing whatever living um it's a lot so give yourself space to breathe out of that environment yeah because that's that'll that'll be you again like while theater is fun and it's our lives and it's our love it is work at the end of the day which it's really like eh, to hear like again take that with a grain of salt but it Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. um and that shouldn't just be you you know yeah I was gonna say like obviously like Emily was saying there comes a point where theater is what you are going to be doing like all the time because that's just how it's just the dynamic of the career um but you have to find the balance of like where it it is work but it doesn't feel like work Mm -hmm. and it feels like a passion rather than just a job um I'm I'm very <laughs> into drag queens, like very into drag queens and drag race yeah. and all that. And a lot of the times queens will be like, 
this is work for me at this point. Like I used to, before I became popular or whatever, like I used to love doing this and felt passionate about it and the art of it. But now it's just like a gig and like, Mm. don't let um, yourself get into that groove of like, it basically consuming your life so that uh, there comes a point where you you can't be passionate about it anymore. Um, don't lose yourself in your work. I think that's, yeah. that's a very important thing to to know. Yeah, and yeah. the leave the arts building. I needed to hear that <laughs> the first year in college because now as I'm you know looking at my last semester coming up, uh, I don't necessarily regret all the time I spent in our center for the arts building, but I definitely could have taken the opportunity to you know do my homework in yeah. someplace else other than the dark back corner of the theater <laughs> yeah I yeah. I I was so bad in college honestly until like my junior year yeah in terms of like getting out I mean it's different when you're in uh like a city that's it really depends on your college and your college experience because UT um is an enclosed campus and so you're literally just in a bubble, basically, especially if you live on campus or near campus, which yeah, 90- same with mid, yeah, mm-hmm. which ninety percent of the student body does. Um, but what changed for me was um, I got a job or an internship at Zach Theater. Shout out, love that place, like my favorite place ever. Um, and Zach Theater is um, downtown. Well, sort of. It's yeah, a cr- it's, it's the cross the river. <laughs> it's near. Yeah, and so yeah, it's not the center of campus. It, oh yeah, exactly. I had to take like a twenty minute bus ride every day to get, mm-hmm. I think like twenty five minutes. Um, anyway, it it helped me so much in discovering the place that I lived in and get myself out of the bubble that is UT. Like you can get so stuck doing the same routine, going to the same places, seeing the same faces. I mean, not really at like a big school like that, but like seeing the same things over and over again. College campuses are not that exciting to look at after um, a couple weeks, really. Like the glitz and glam of being like, I'm a college student wears off after like the tour, you know? (laughs) So um, get out of there, get away from those gray... 70s style buildings <laughs> like samantha said go to a coffee shop i mean obviously you know pandemic. not now not pandemic. now no no not now not now but yeah stay home <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um get get yeah. vaccinated you know wait a little while then you know there um yeah. the future yes the future um in terms of my methods of outlets that i use to um get myself out of like the theater headspace. I mean, for me, um, not being in like performance really, it's not like a huge issue for me, but I'm sure like once I'm, I have a full-time job, LOL, it will be. Um, So some of the things that I do currently, um, I love to paint. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm an acrylic girl. I'm trying to get into watercolor though. Um, literally at the start of pandemic, I, of, of pandemic, of the pandemic, I, 
I literally just like bought a square canvas and just like did whatever I wanted and then wrote the words what the f on it and I was like I'm just expressing myself absolutely (laughs) um and it just like I I think we talked about this with a tie but like I did that for me like we talked about how like art should be for yourself and like especially with hobbies um you shouldn't be doing those types of things for other people for other people's approval and judgment like when I'm painting I'm like I I usually do not even go in with a plan I'm just like I'm gonna wet some brushes get out some the colors that I have and like see where this takes me and I love it I think it's like a fun way to express myself and not really have like any high stakes or like any like care for what happens um so yeah that's one thing I do um I'm a puzzle girl as well so you know been doing a lot of puzzles lately um just finished oh yeah on my Instagram story takeover for the BPN interns um Instagram I uh I was doing a whale puzzle that I have since (laughs) I have since finished I think I finished it the next day um what else? What else? What else do I do? I, um, again, I listen to podcasts that have nothing to do with theater. Um, and I watch a lot of like YouTube and TV and that type of thing. Cause I'm, I love like pop culture and all that, like vapid crap. <laughs> so that's also something that I spend a lot of time doing. I also play on my little switch a lot. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, those are some of the things I do and they're fun and they help me get my mind off of like the work and the stress of being a human. Mm-hmm. There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully some of these answers and resources um, help all of you, all of our listeners. Yeah. Hopefully Obviously, if you are struggling in any way with your mental health, please seek out help and the attention that you need. Um, and um, don't take it lightly. Um, check out, again, like Emily said, check out our resources and um, shout out to Kat for our interview, which was so great and fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, and shout out to all of our other guests yeah. in our previous episodes because unfortunately we are we are at our curtain call if I do say yeah oh, my gosh <laughs> so <laughs> true so true <laughs> what wow a wonderful performance run we've all had. I know taking our final bows oh my gosh um, wow cue yeah. cue the post post-show depression (laughs) right the applause uh thank you all for listening and supporting our journey as we all figure out what we're doing um Mm -hmm. as young scrappy and hungry artists trying to figure out how to proceed in this world and you know sustainable ways we can we can do that yeah we're slowly but surely getting off book, whatever that means at mm-hmm. this point. But please take care of yourselves. Again, check out the resources that we have in this episode. 
tune into our other past episodes and take yep. a look at the resources about that. Um, and please be safe during these um yes tumultuous times joy yes tumultuous but also like wonderful joyous times of <laughs> the holiday break oh yeah yes <laughs> so please social distance please mm-hmm. wear a mask mm-hmm. um or stay in and yeah. when the uh, time is right get the vaccination yes please uh benny who seriously though happy holidays from the young, the scrappy, and the hungry. Um, <laughs> Charlotte, Emily, and Samantha. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, I, I would say and... we'll see you later, but we won't. So bye. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>